I am so excited today to begin a brand new three-part series today called Living Generously. Say, live generously. generously. Proverbs 11, verse number 25, says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now, there are three areas that I want to challenge us today to live generously in. These areas are grace, giving, and gratitude. Today, we're going to talk about living generously in the area of grace. Now, we need to understand that grace simply means unmerited favor. It simply means that we receive something that we do not deserve. How many are thankful for grace this morning? Let me say three things about grace. First of all, we need to understand that grace has been given to us. Given to us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 15 through 18, it tells us that God has given to all men through his son Jesus the gift of grace. Grace has been given to us. I'm going to say three things here about the gift of grace. First of all, first of all, it is undeserved. See, see, if we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace because grace means unmerited favor. It means I receive favor that I do not merit. Romans 5 and 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, see, Jesus didn't die for us like we are right now. He, he didn't die for us as we are t- t- today and as we appear right now. He died for us as we were sinners sinning. Not only is God's grace undeserved, but let me suggest also it's unbiased. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11 says that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. All men, regardless of race or color, regardless of rich or poor, regardless of how good or how bad. God's grace is unbiased. Biased. John 3, 16, the golden text of the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. Say whosoever. Red or yellow, black or white, polka dot or pinstripe, God's grace has been given to us. It is undeserved, it is unbiased, and it is unending. Never seen any polka dot or pinstripes. (laughs) Unending. John 3.16, once again, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. Watch this, watch this, but have, but have, say have, but have everlasting life. Eternal life is provided to us through God's Grace. Grace has been given to us, but not only has it been given to us, but but understand this this morning, and that is grace can be grown in us. Yes, it has been given to us, but that that has been given to us can be grown in us. See, see, there are two types of grace, and most people don't understand that there are two types 
of grace or two facets of grace. The first facet of grace is saving grace. And you cannot be saved without saving grace. And that is God's unmerited love and favor. That's God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. First aspect of grace is saving grace. But not only is saving grace given by God, but also the second part of grace is sustaining grace. Sustaining grace, which is unlimited power given to us in order for us to live out what we believe. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says to grow. Say grow. Grow, grow in what? Well, it says grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, what we need to understand is grace has been planted as a seed in the heart of every single person. But hear me this morning, if this seed takes root, if it sprouts, if it begins to grow, we'll be determined by how we cultivate the seed of grace that has been planted in our life. Yes, the grace This grace has been given to us by God, but it also, that grace that has been given should be growing in us. Let me suggest three ways grace can be grown in our lives. First of all, I would suggest that it grows as we need it. Grace grows as we need it. James chapter 4 and verse number 6 says, but God gives us even more grace. Isn't that awesome? Not only does he give us initially grace, but James says that God gives us even more grace. Why? And what for? He goes on to say, God gives us even more grace in order that we may be able to stand against such evil desires. See, God gives us the amount of grace that we need. Well, I just don't know if I can stand that. I just don't know if I can go through that. I just don't know if I can overcome that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Maybe not with the grace that you have today, but when you get into that situation and that circumstance happens in your life, God will also deposit into your life the grace that you need for that particular situation in your life. It grows as we need it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. The apostle Paul writes, and Paul says, he said, he said, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations or all of the incredible spiritual encounters and supernatural events that he witnessed, he said, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, he said, a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And he said, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity, in reproach, in needs, in persecutions, in distress. For Christ's sake, he said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. 
So we've just read here where Satan harassed the Apostle Paul to the, to the point that Paul becomes very frustrated. He becomes very annoyed. And three times he literally begs God to deliver him from the harassment of the devil. But what was God's answer to Paul? It was, hang in there, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. See, God used Satan's harassment of Paul to grow the grace that was in Paul. So I would suggest that grace grows as we need it. But not only does grace grow as we need it, but I would also suggest that grace grows as we feed it. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter admonishes us to cultivate the seed of grace that has been planted in our heart. In verse 2 he writes, may God give you more and more grace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Well, how do we grow? How do we grow in the knowledge and in the grace How do we grow in the Lord? Well, the Bible says that we grow spiritually. We grow by reading the Word of God. It's impossible to grow in the Lord without feeding yourself the Word. And so the Bible says that we grow in in the Lord. We grow spiritually through reading God's Word. We, We grow spiritually by praying, by communicating with fellowship with God, by praising Him and praying and spending time in His presence. The Word of God says that we grow in the Lord as we are being taught God's Word in His house. You this morning are growing in your grace. You are growing in your knowledge. You are growing uh, in the Lord today by sitting here today and listening to the man of God who has spent hours and hours and hours preparing himself and preparing a message and preparing a meal to present to you. And that's why you need to come to the house of God. And that's why we hammer it all the time. You need to be here every time the doors are open, not so that we can have a bigger number, not so that we can say, woohoo, look how many we have, but because every time you come into the house of God, whether it is Sunday morning to celebrate or Wednesday night to cultivate, when you get into the presence of God and you hear the word of God, amen, you grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another way that you grow in the Lord is through serving, serving. Listen, we need people to serve. And it's not the fact that we need people to serve, is that you need to serve. Because as you serve the Lord, as you get involved, amen, I'm telling you that you will begin to grow in the things of the Lord. So God wants us to grow the grace that he has planted in us. And we do this by feeding it, feeding it. My question to us today is, is grace growing in us? Do you have more grace today than you had a year ago, than you had five years ago, than you had 10? Is grace growing in us? If not, if not, perhaps the reason is that we have not been feeding it because nothing grows unless it is fed. Some of you are eating pretty good. In the Lord. I'm just trying to keep you awake this morning. You are the early service. Amen. But not only does grace grow as we need it and as we feed it, but I would suggest also it grows as we seed it. Galatians 6 and 7 says, You will always harvest what you plant. See, if we plant seeds of grace, we will grow a harvest. 
of grace. Ephesians 6 and 8, Paul says, knowing that what, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. You think you're doing something for someone else. Well, you are doing something for someone else. But Paul says that when you do something for, something else, for someone else, that God will do that very same thing for you. Somebody said it like this, what we make happen for others, God makes happen for us. Do you need grace? Then seed grace. Show grace. Because grace grows as we seed it. Now we're talking about living generously this morning. We're talking about developing generosity in the area of grace. Not one and done, but making grace a lifestyle. Three things that I am pointing out about grace today. And for, the first one is grace has been given to us. Second one is grace can be grown in us. And the third thing that I want to talk about this morning, and that is grace should be granted to others. In Matthew chapter 18, the story is told of a man who, owe, who owed another man a lot of money. His debt was ginormous. I mean, you understand ginormous because I have a tendency to make up words. My granddaughter, Ellie, I'm always making up words with her and she is missed by the book and she corrects me every time. And so a while back, she got in the car, I picked her up at school and she got in the back seat and I said, Ellie, get strapulated. Papa, strapulated ain't no word. I said, Ellie, it is. Get strapulated. Papa, that ain't no word. I said, Ellie, it's a papa word. <laughs> Ellie, papa lives in papa land. She said, Papa lives in la la land. <laughs> and the next day, Sean was with Ellie, and he was preoccupied and wasn't paying her any attention. He realized what he was doing. He said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ellie. I've, I'm so sorry. I've, uh, I've been in La La Land. And without even thinking, Ellie said, well, did you see Papa there? Because he lives in La La Land. <laughs> in Matthew 18, the story is told of a man who owed another man a lot a lot of money. His debt was ginormous. And because he could not pay his debt, his creditor was going to take drastic measures to recover his money. The Bible says, and in this story, it says that this indebted man begged for mercy and was granted mercy, even to the point of forgiving this man his entire debt. But the story goes on that when this man left the presence of this man that he owed this incredible, unbelievable, ginormous debt, just moments after being forgiven this unbelievable debt, this man happened on to a man who owed him a few bucks, a little tiny debt. But the Bible says that this man immediately grabs this man by the throat and demands payment of the debt. What? He had just been released from a huge debt, but now demands payment on a tiny one. 
You don't know how bad I hate to say this, but, but I've witnessed this far too many times. Jesus said it like this. How can you point out the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a boulder sticking out of your own eye? Hey, that never be spoken of us. Grace should be granted to others. Let me suggest it should be given out of gratitude. We should give grace out of gratitude. Colossians 3 and 13, Paul says, make allowance for each other's faults. We're not supposed to point them out. We're not supposed to tattle to the pastor. Make allowance, Paul says, for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. He goes on to say, remember, say remember. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Notice what Paul writes here. He says, make allowance for each other's faults. Paul is saying that we all have faults. We all have different faults, but we all have them. Why do we choose to focus on the two or three faults of somebody rather than focusing on the dozen good things about them? See, the difference The difference between divorce and longevity in marriage is usually focus. The difference between a short tenure and a long tenure with bosses and employees is usually focus. The difference between happiness and unhappiness is usually focus. See, see, when we choose to focus on strengths instead of weaknesses, ah, oh, when we choose to focus on the positive instead of the negative, ah, when we choose to focus on the good instead of the bad, listen to me this morning, when we choose to focus properly, we will always come out with a better result. Living generously in the area of grace will guarantee a generous portion of grace for us. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I believe the same goes for grace. So here's the way it works. Give grace, get grace. Say that with me this morning. Give grace, get grace. Grace should be granted to others. It should be given out of of gratitude. And then also, I believe, also it should be given graciously. Ephesians 4 and 32, Paul says, be kind to each other. I see too much unkindness in people who say they're Christians. Be kind to each other, Paul. You shouldn't even have to write that, but he wrote it in the Bible. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as, say just as, just as God through Christ has forgiven 
you. See, grace is not just about the what, it's also about the how. Have you ever heard anybody say, I'll forgive, but I sure won't forget. Two men were talking and one said to the other, said, you know, said, when my wife and I fight, said, she gets very historical. The other man said, you mean hysterical, don't you? No, no, no. No, the other guy responded, I mean historical. She reminds me of everything I ever said and everything I have ever done wrong. She gets historical. But I ask you this morning, is this even grace at all? The grace that we grant to others should be given graciously. It should be given with kindness. It should be given with tenderness. It should be given with genuineness. It should be given with sincerity. Listen, hear me this morning. Our forgiveness should come with forgetfulness. When we forgive someone for their offense, we should not lock that memory away to be recalled at a later date in order to use it against them when needed. No, no, no. Are you not glad this morning that God doesn't do this with us? He does not do that with our offense. Micah chapter 7 verse 19 says about God, says that he takes our sins and he casts them into the depths of the sea. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 103 and 12, he said, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. And the writer of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 8 and 12, God says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Grace should be granted to others. It should be given out of gratitude. It ought to be given graciously. And number three this morning, it should be given generously. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, Peter asked Jesus, he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone? How about seven Jesus is seven times. Is that enough? See, see, Peter thought he was being really generous, and I don't know how you see it, but I think he was. <laughs> Come at me seven times. <laughs> I'm just honest. I, 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 do you agree? I think, I think Peter was being very generous. How often should I forgive my brother? Should I forgive him seven times? He wrongs me. He messes with me. He hurts me seven times. And I forgive him seven times. That sounds pretty generous to me. But Peter, Jesus said to Peter, no, 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 not seven, but 70 times seven. And I can just imagine Peter, because I know how his mind works. He's going seven times seven. That's 490 times. Oh, 491st time. You better Watch out, man. Is that what Jesus was saying? I don't think so. No, 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 no. Jesus was saying forgive every time. See, there will never come a time when unforgiveness is okay. Wow. I have to say it again. Wow. Listen, write this down this morning. Grace should be given not only generously, but endlessly. 
But I want to pause here for a moment, and I want to make some qualifying statements. And these are, thus saith Mike, not thus saith the Lord. Paul did it, so Paul did it. Not that I'm in, you know, in the same uh, realm as him, but if Paul did it, well, I can do it, okay? So this is Mike. I'm just qualifying. Just qualifying. When I speak for the Lord, I speak for the Lord. When I speak for Mike, I speak for Mike, Okay? There's a difference between forgiveness and naiveness. There's a difference in forgiveness and inclusiveness. There's a difference in forgiveness and ignorance. Wisdom tells me That even though I have forgiven someone, and I genuinely have forgiven them, but even though I have forgiven someone, if they don't change how they treat me, I'm not going to continue to hang out with them. Doesn't mean I don't love them, doesn't mean I don't forgive them, but just means we ain't buds. Ain't hanging with you. Wisdom tells me that even though I have forgiven someone, if they don't change how they treat me, I'm not going to continue to hang out with them and give them the opportunity to hurt me again. If they continue to have a negative effect on my life, continually pulling me down, even though I have forgiven them, and I have, I'm not going to allow them to have influence in my life. See, we can love them through the supernatural love of Jesus, but we don't have to have a personal relationship with them. Is that okay? If not, that was via mic. You can just throw that away. Takeaway today is this. Takeaway today is this. Because we have been saved by grace, we should sow grace in others. Because we have been saved by grace, we should sow grace in others. Matthew 10 and 8, Jesus said, Give as freely as you have been given. Father, I thank you for your infallible, life-changing, miracle-working word. And God, I pray today that your word, Lord, will have the effect that it needs to have in the lives and the hearts of the people here today. In Jesus' name.